Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here once again with my buddies, Chuck and John. Gentlemen. Hey, now. How are we? I'm tired. You're tired. You kind of have a, a weathered look around your eyes. Woo. You're like the Logan to Wolverine of John Burr right now. Is that analogy Ooh, right? That works. My life is relentlessly bleak, just like the movie Logan. And there's pus dripping from your knuckles. Oh. Stephen Merchant making no jokes in my kitchen. Spoiler alert, guys. I haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen it. I, I had a chance to see it. I, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Did you know? Yeah. I heard R-rated X-Men. Real it's already X-Men. I will say the one thing, and this is not a spoiler. I know I know. John has expressed on our Patreon-only Slack chat. He, he did not like it very much. No. I will say it is the only one of the X- I don't really like the X-Men movies, and this is the first X-Men movie where I actually cared about anyone and felt any tension. I think the actors are very good. Yeah. Except for um, Boyd Holbrook, who is just doing his same old spiel, but oh, with a southern accent. The, the, the accent was, was one, <laughs> one bridge too far. But that movie was so... Hysterically brutal. Yeah. That every time you met a character, you went, ooh, so this person's about to die. Yeah, yeah, well, it had the horror element of that. It was a horror movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and again, I, I enjoyed it. Because seriously, all those other Marvel, those, the Avengers, the X Men, boredom. Like, like vague, I, I like it for the comedy. Any of the action elements, I'm always bored on. Like those movies, though, this, however, also has that nebulous plot of what is happening and why, and it doesn't matter. Right. Like, it's like, yeah, there's a plot. And also, and if we can get to Canada, I've never heard this one before. Uh, apparently, the super nefarious bad guys very concerned about the border. Yeah, which I thought was strange. Topical. Like, oh, they'll they'll just they'll, they'll murder anyone, but whatever we do, trump we, it up. We what? can't we cannot cross the border. What if we just tell me the whole movie? We gave you no that? spoilers. What about um, that, you guys? The bad guy ends up. I saved you. I saved you from a relentlessly bleak film. I don't need to go watch it now. Uh, uh, the, uh, the the most amazing part is that they're the the number one influence on the film is a movie called Shane, an old western from the uh, I think the forties, maybe the fifties, starring pretty, Jack Palance, and I believe it's Alan Ladd. So not only do they uh, quote Shane a lot, they also just watch Shane in the movie. That's cool. Yeah, they literally show the movie, and then the, the, the quoting might have been again a little too much. That's a lot of Wolverine talk. Man, mm-hmm. it was bad. Let's move it to. Uh, I really enjoyed it. That's a thumbs up from Uncle Keith. Thumbs down from Uncle John. Keith is just boys glad and girls. To have a respite from the baby dungeon. Oh, I was just excited to be able to go see a movie. <laughs> I skipped Russell Westbrook's fifty-eight points on the the, the soft Tuesday night schedule to go to three go. games. Get out of here! That's a sad. all those games started late too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I turned it's, on my TV at six, ready for like some Hawks or something. Exactly. Not just sat there staring into the. That is the wild thing. My my routine is like settle down for dinner, grab the baby after dinner. It's like, hey boy, let's go downstairs watch some basketball. And I turn on the TV and there's nothing. It's just league pass music. Nothing nothing till seven central. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're ahead of ourselves. Breakfast boys, did we have it? So I I woke up a little late and ended up eating for the no. first time right before the podcast. <laughs> uh, didn't go with traditional breakfast fare here here though. 
had some uh, waffle fries, loaded waffle fries from ML Rose, which is right around the corner from Keith's let, house. Let me add some color to this story. As I'm about to leave ML Rose to head to the podcast, I get a call from Chuck says, hey, yo, can you do me a solid? <laughs> and I said, sure, Chuck, what is it? He's like, order me some loaded waffle fries right now. I'm starving. Yeah. Pretty. Was there no egg on there? You sent a no, picture out. I there was no egg. It was just melted cheese sauce. Scallions, tomatoes, onions, bacon. Uh, and then it came with like a very thick ranch. It wasn't like it, a. There's, there's a thick sauce. It was sauce. a jalapeno maple ranch. There's a thick sauce that goes. It was, wait, it was jalapeno a maple pino sauce. It was a masculine ranch. It was not, you know, built of weak things on International Women's Day. May your first ranch be a masculine <laughs> ranch. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I had that, finished it in what only be considered record time. Um, John watched me in abject horror. It was really scary. And then when I was done, I looked at him and said, I don't feel good. And he said, that was not right. <laughs> <laughs> to his credit, we were in a hurry, and he did eat it in maybe three, four minutes. Mm-hmm. Massive heaping plate of food. You can find it on our Patreon-only Slack chat. That's right. A picture of said food. Yeah, we would never do a video. I think if there's one more hor- horrifying watch than Logan... Would be uh, watching you, you guys. You guys eat have food. too much beard and have too much jowls to do a video. <laughs> what you, John? Did you also have said breakfast? I feel like uh, you, you probably got up earlier. So depressing. Yeah, I had two auditions this morning, so I had a. You heard of this? A Lara bar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Lara yeah. bar. Yeah. That's all I had. Some good energy though. Pretty bleak. Lots of. Uh, I needed it. Lots of chia seeds. So I tried. I, I was auditioned to play. A, they'll like both of these, and I, I feel like only I can fit both of these characters. Sleazy, alcoholic detective. B, homosexual flower shop owner. You, you that's kind of both of Yeah, yeah, like that is. You, what can I say? The man's got range. You've got range, dude. Well, I would say that's a perfect descriptor for someone who's ever met John. It's like, <laughs> imagine... <laughs> That this guy owned a flower shop, was gay during the day, but at night gambled and <laughs> ran the criminal underworld as a private detective. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you, you don't strike me. You're not a beat cop. No. no. Yeah, yeah. You you couldn't. I think no. they might have a physical requirement for how fast you have to run a mile. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I'm never sure if Jerry Orbach can make that either, even though he wasn't a beat cop. But Hell, I don't think Mr. Big. I don't think Chris Noth can make right. it. Right. Mm. You know Richard Belzer's not making it. <laughs> don't, 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 don't. Police detectives have like a mandatory retirement. Only guy on Law and Order who's making it is Ice T, and I know this because I saw him pass the treadmill test in surviving the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, my breakfast was something from John's horrors. He, he hates hearing about it. I had a handful of blueberries. Mm. Just, you know, it's pretty great. It's better, it's better than my Lara bar. I think those are her superfood, right? Along with acai, acai fruit, acai. All right. Well, those were our breakfast. After our breakfast, come. Our breakfast in bed apologies. This is our chance to make right what we might have gotten wrong on any previous episode. Also, is commonly, commonly, whoa, wow. commonly, commonly. I'll just go with commonly. Get more. The first time. Syllab- add more syllables every time you say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is usually the first time. Sometimes the first time we mention basketball. You just turn into Billy Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone have anything they need to apologize for? Well, we've been. Uh, not ever speaking poorly on Gordon Hayward no. of the Utah Damn Jazz. It. We we always respect right. his game. We always feel like he's uh, he's good, and the Jazz are good. However, I think on this 
podcast, we were once mistakenly, and by we, I mean me, call him the third best, most important player on we, the Utah We've all piled team. on. I mean, we've been there. <laughs> we, we got We've talked ourselves into Gobert and George Hill being more important. Right, right. Uh, so I think... Certainly not Derek Favors anymore. He... Uh, my God! Oh, oh, GH up in the up in the his house. I, I don't know why I said that, but he is having a fantastic year per thirty six, twenty three points a game. Uh, he's just looking incredible and one of those like next level guys. If he's he an all star, he's an all star, and if he keeps progressing, it's possible that you know. And with Kevin Durant out, maybe gets an All NBA nod. Like he, he really could. Well, so I think that, importantly, even better than those per thirty six. I think month of February he averaged twenty five and a half points per game. Oh, that's great. Just stri- he, just straight up. He could really ruin Paul George's whole. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All NBA thing. Designated player exception yeah. thing. Yeah, where he um, gets like two hundred million dollars. This is tangential, but uh, maybe Keith can explain this to me. So, the Jazz didn't get that deal with George Hill done. No, I think so. There was a thing so where what's the, the fallout. The there? Jazz had salary cap room where they could have extended. Offered an extension to George Hill, and George Hill could have gotten paid a ton of money. I can't remember mm-hmm. what it was, if it was like a three-year, $88 million extension, which for me is massive and way more than I imagine George Hill is going to get paid, but we don't know what the market's going to be. To me, that kind of signals that George Hill wants to wait and either see if Gordon Hayward is going to come back, or George Hill is thinking more about, maybe I'll go join another team. And, right. and he's always linked to going back to the Spurs, who they traded, you know, draft day for Kawhi. Well, Popovich loves yeah, so George Pop, Hill. But it's as far I as... I think the Spurs thing is, is the real thing. Well, so as far as I've read, it's, the going really to, real. it's going to be almost impossible for the Spurs to offer him any kind of decent salary. Like, assuming that Powell opts back in, which you kind of think he will. Oh, that's so glorious if Powell ruins everything. Is Tony still on? Is Parker still on contract next year? I don't know. I can't remember. But I think he, I think he is under contract for next year. Yeah. But you know, so I think the George Hill thing that everyone they kind of assumes is going to happen, it's going to be hard. But, scandal. But again, a guy, a guy who hasn't made that much, you know, relatively money in the NBA, George Hill, seemed very surprising for me That's that he would turn down think. ninety million dollars. Oh, I know he's going to need to get paid. Yeah, makes me sure. think he's headed back to Eugenics Town. Could be. I'm telling <laughs> you. That's San Antonio for you, newer listeners. Mm-hmm. Noobs. Um, my apology goes to a fellow. White man of Utah, of one time, not anymore. Kyle Korver, uh, when he was traded to the Cavs, we kind of mentioned that maybe the Hawks were just cutting bait at the right time. He had the, the league had passed him by, and they were ready to turn the reins over to, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Kent Bazemore, who were doing fine. Yeah, in Atlanta, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. particularly making himself a lot of money. He's probably owed an apology from us. Korver Cor- trade, but yeah. Kyle Korver is back as far as a shooter. Yes, as we thought, being around the gravity of LeBron James, he has blossomed again. I think he's back at the top of the league in three-point percentage. He went. He had a long stretch where he was shooting well over 60% on threes with the Cavs. So, Kyle Corver, I'm sorry. You are still lights out, still a terrifying Buffy the Vampire-looking assassin. Mm-hmm. I'm going bigger than you guys. I'm going on a global scale. I'm apologizing to planet Earth. <laughs> Global warming has struck yet again, boys. Canceling a Timberwolves game. Oh. At a time when they needed to play the most. The ice underneath the parquet melted, and they had to postpone a game. And this really, the Timberwolves are probably already screwed, but this probably really screws them because it adds yet another back-to-back to their already devilishly brutal second-hardest schedule amongst the playoff teams. They're only three games out. 
12 of 17 on the road with 6 of 7 versus playoff teams, I think our Timberwolves dreams are dead. Hmm. And I think global warming is to blame. <laughs> also, uh, feeling the sting of that cancellation are those people in fantasy basketball semifinals. Oh. I, I, I know many people. A lot of people had circled on the calendar that the Blazers had five games. They were looking for that Shabazz Muhammad double-double. Yeah, they had <laughs> Blazers had five games that week. People were hoarding players and then losing that game. Mm-hmm. And it's all crucial. All you, all you Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum owners. That's what you get. Even you Yusuf Nurkic owners. Austin Crab owners. They're yeah. out there. Well, anyway, those were our breakfast in bed apologies and you can apologize to alan crab for calling him austin next week oh yeah sorry, sorry. uh the before we get to well, our i've been calling him austin crab for a very long time <laughs> really? yeah that's the first time it's been corrected in many years <laughs> um before we get to our steak and eggs i want to remind everyone that we are doing a thing that we started in february and we were keeping it going through march where if you write a five-star itunes review we will read it on air give you a shout out, give you the opportunity to plug something or a little free advert for whatever you want. And we will read it as long as it is not horribly offensive. And now we have a few of those reviews to read for you right now. I'll kick us off with one from, let's see if I can get this right. Sham yet. Five stars. Of course. I never ate breakfast until I listened to this show. Now I'm winning my league. Oh, thank you. Sham yet. That's a good one, Shamiette. Or Shammy E.T. That could be the other one. I think you're right. It's probably Shammy E.T. The two M's, uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the double consonant should have let me know. Yeah, that's cool. It's hard with, with screen names. It's really hard. Uh, I wonder if he's related to God, Sham God. Mm-hmm. Or the Shamwell guy. <laughs> <laughs> a hooker bit off his tongue. <laughs> am I, am I Fun taking, fact. Am I taking this yeah, you're number one? two. I'm number yeah. two. Chuck Check. learns to read with the long guy. Best mm-hmm. beards in the business. Five stars from C.L. Ravioli, or more likely, call ravioli. Yep. I think you're right, Keith. <laughs> my posse and I love this show. It helps me get my zen on and mellow, that's M-E-L-O, mellow during the stressful times at work. Hilarious, informative, and it feels like hanging out with your buds. There are no thorns. Or your posse. There are no thorns on this rose, capital R rose. Do yourself a favor and get your fill, P-H-I-L, of the Fast Break Breakfast podcast today. Ooh. Signed, McGrell. Mm-hmm. Man. I got, I that loaded one. up that pun guy. That guy knows what's going on. Yeah. Mm. All right. All right, Chuck, can you get through this one? Here we go. I famously sucked last week, but it was also tired and after <laughs> here's, a four-day bender, so here's the thing. I may be able to read today. Uh, dear listeners, I even edited some of Chuck's <laughs> reading last time. <laughs> to make it sound better. No, no, no. And it, it, it even was still horribly yeah, yeah. uncomfortable to hear him try to read. No, it was bad. So, uh, Chuck, do the long one. Okay, here we go. I downloaded iTunes just to rate this. It's good. By Mitchell underscore GNG. Great and grind. Great and grind, baby. I own a MacBook and didn't even have iTunes installed. I took two minutes of my life and 197 precious megabytes on my hard drive. Maybe megabytes? Where is it? Yeah. Mega? I don't know what's on my hard drive. You were doing so well, Chuck. To, to, to simply to review Fast Break Breakfast. I consistently listen to Dunk Don, Zach Lowe, bleep. Ringer, and Chris Vernon's show podcast. I look forward to this as much as any of them. Let me give you a, full, a few bullet points as an outro. One, shout out to Chuck. I work for the California food truck, and my guys tell me Death Row Bun is on point. Two, I want to... Uh, 
I want in on the Patreon Slack feed. I'm also a cheapskate and monthly payments are real. I can say that if added as an honorary member, your lives will be better. Can't broadcast any more details outside of the Slack feed. It's a true mystery curtain scenario. Number three, hashtag IshPlace30. It's pretty good, Mitchell. Not bad from Chuck. I didn't I didn't screw it up too bad. I will say to Mitchell, uh, sorry, we can't have any freeloaders on the, the Slack nah, chat. Nah, bruh. Uh-uh. No, no pay, no it, way. It, it, is, it is a premium feature. <laughs> And we have those wonderful people who are paying, I think it's $3 a month. Three. Which is like 50 cents a podcast. Mm, you're killing it. It's, it's, it's even cheaper than that, actually. It is. But yeah, I'm uh, telling you, that Slack chat gets weird, folks. Oh, all my late night debaucherous events get, um, not, I don't, we don't go into detail, but you at least know something about them. Th- there are private channels if you want to ask Chuck more. You, right. Yeah, you can, you can DM you, Chuck. Yeah, yeah, you're allowed to DM. <laughs> so yeah, you guys too can write those iTunes reviews. You write a five-star, we will shout you out, and obviously it helps us, and we will read it, as long as it is not horribly offensive. All right. Steak and eggs, best thing. What's the best thing you saw this week? I know we did a Heat podcast earlier in the week, and we talked Heat basketball. Well, you did, Keith. Yeah. I would like to uh, celebrate the Miami Heat and their victories against Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm not going to say it makes me happy. I think Andrew it was Bogut, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cavaliers. Uh, Andrew Bogut hurt his leg. Boo-hoo. Sorry, guys. He's out for the year. LeBron didn't play. LeBron didn't, didn't play, play. On the, in the first game. No, the second game. Yeah, it, was, it was full squad. It was a full squad second game. Um, Bogut broke his leg first minute. The tibia. Fragile um, tibia. So great. It was it fragile was, left tibia. <clears throat> dude needs more left leaning tibia. He needs more calcium. It's like he's probably got that, like old lady bone disease. What's it called? Osteo- Osteoporosis. That's it. So my best is Dion Waiters with the clutch bank shot uh, from thirty five. The backbreaker. Um, looking like young boy D Wade in 06. I like after the game. He said, "Everyone knows I like taking those shots." Those shots being nine feet behind the three-point line. Right. Those <laughs> shots being every shot. He's not wrong. Yeah. yeah. Dion's doing uh, good things. Uh, and, yeah, I'm, I'm just happy the Heat are playing. It looked like they're, they're cruising towards a playoff spot. They have a little they're confidence. Close. The things that are going on in the locker room make me feel good. Apparently, James Jones has lost 40 pounds. I mean, not James Jones. James Johnson. Oh, James Johnson. He's lost, like, 30 pounds or something during James the season. James Jones probably James shouldn't Jones lose 40. probably added quite a bit of weight. <laughs> he's probably fat. No, he yeah. might still be playing for the Cavs. Yeah, yeah, no, know. he's still there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, there's, like, a culture there where they're, you know, holding people accountable. There's nobody going out and partying every night. There's just a bunch of dudes who are out there trying to get – uh, to the promised land, which is the playoffs. And Best record in the NBA post. going back to the arbitrary date of 23 games ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> no one does it better than we do. Uh, just a, a peek into the pre-production uh, Fast Break Breakfast world. We had a discussion uh, before the podcast started wherein Chuck tried to convince one of us to apologize to the Heat. Uh, we decided there was already too much heat talk. Little did we know, Chuck already had a heat segment yeah, scheduled. I had one. Well, I was hoping that like somebody My would, come God. In, would come in and kind of like... And there was a heat podcast this week. Yeah. Hey, guys. <laughs> they're, a, they're a fun Guess team. where Chuck's from. This they was, they hey, are what, a big story. In, in, our def- in my defense, when they sucked, we barely talked about them. Patently false. That's true. <laughs> it is also true. <laughs> Um, my best this week is just like a brilliant sequence. I imagine most people have seen 
the Kawhi Leonard finishing sequence versus the Rockets. Looks so good. He makes a deep three, wrangles down the court, like seemingly telepathing like uh, X-Men Nightcrawler, to slap a, a to block a a layup off the backboard, sealing the victory. Not even not just any layup. Oh a, yes, a, a leading MVP candidate, James, James Harden's Harden layup. layup. Well, and he grabs a rebound all the while. Yes, and he grabs a rebound all the while maintaining a, like an Ivan Drago, John Wick level of stoicism. Oh no, quoth uh, Ian Holm and Alien, the android and Alien. I admired his purity. <laughs> and the best part about that analogy. That makes the Spurs the Whalen Utani Corporation, <laughs> which does fit into the which is really fit into our, yeah. our plans. Uh, and I thought you were going to say the best part about it is he was immediately uh, piss tested right after the game. Really? Ah, didn't, I didn't know, know this. That. Yeah, yeah, no. A- after the superhuman <laughs> that it was, uh, a- after taking the special uh, whatever it was, right? You know, his high on life. <laughs> Uh, I saw the joke. It was probably Snapple. Yeah. Uh, but so <laughs> so after he single-handedly seemingly wins the game with the go-ahead three, the block shot, get the loose ball, and then the inbounds where they couldn't foul him. It was it was crazy. Immediately after the game, they were like, yeah, you've been randomly selected to see if you're on a <laughs> performance-enhancing drugs. We need to see if you have a second set of jaws in yeah. your mouth. Yeah. Well, it was great. Uh, <laughs> Kawhi went for like 34 and 10 in pop when he was asked about Kawhi. He said, I try not to pr- praise Kawhi too much. He's getting paid to do that. Ooh. Which, All, which is the which best, is great. best way to go. Yeah, that's his job. Although, he's doing a great no, job. Normally, he's getting under, paid very well. I guess understated pop is kind of stumping for Kawhi. The Spurs yeah. machine has started putting out a lot of Kawhi, Kawhi for, is MVP, right. and, every, and everyone's chomping on this narrative. It's I like think big, it's because Westbrook is so overwhelmingly the MVP that people are getting bored. Well, no, I think I think that narr- I think I think you're right to to, to, agree, to a degree, John. Right. It's, I, I think it's swinging back. Just the narrative is swinging. Yeah, I, I just think this year kind of reminds me like when Steve Nash won and Kobe was kind of like destroying and putting up ridiculous numbers. Not like this. Chuck. And he was seven. Well, you're right, but he was scoring way more points. He was doing 35 points. Everyone a game. go to Deadspin and read the Russell Westbrook pieces. No, he's incredible, and I'm not saying he isn't. What I'm saying is when you're not a top three or four seed in the playoffs, it's hard to win the MVP. And that's historical. He's that, averaging 45 points a game the last four games. He's incredible. And they're 0-4. That's what I'm saying. And this has nothing to This is what basketball writers will do. They'll take the record and go, well, these two guys. And, and Harden's not playing. Are you uh, subtweeting me? I am subtweeting you. <laughs> but Harden's not, Harden's not playing significantly worse than him. Steve Nash paid, played significantly worse than Kobe the year that he won the MVP. And yeah, but Steve Nash was white. Oh, here we go. I love this talk. You want to talk about it? <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think that was a novelty thing. I think we haven't had a bearded MVP in a while, so that may help. We've Harsh. never had a Ninja Turtle MVP. <laughs> I can yeah. play this game with you. So I don't know. I, you know, there's. It just makes me feel like if you're going to go with a story, it's usually the NBA writers who pick these uh, MVPs go with the story of the season of the team and as that player being their best player, helping them be better than another Candidate, you know. Look, it's just easier math. We thought the Thunder might be actually terrible this year. They're not awesome. No, they're pretty awesome. They're, they're all things considered. As we record this on a Wednesday late afternoon, they are thirty-five and twenty-nine. Right, and they are this, thirty-five and twenty-nine. They are comfortably in That's the playoffs. A Hoxian record. They're not going to be. You know, they're not going to uh, 
I dare say if Paul Millsaps was averaging a triple double, he'd be in the MVP conversation. Here, I, I was actually going to maybe bring this up later, but I, I historic think, usage rate, historic assist rate, historic, at the same time, historic is all these things, these fantastic numbers we've never seen. He's averaging forty, ten, and nine with two steals since the All Star break. My question is, if, and I don't know the answer to this, if the Thunder, say, if John Wall was on their team. Would they be worse than 35 and 29? Yeah, I think so. For sure. Now, here's yeah. my question. But how, but how much worse? If James Harden and Russell Westbrook switched teams, who would have them? Would, they, would the seasons be similar? That's a wonderful question. I think if you put Westbrook on the Rockets, the Rockets are worse by a good deal. Right. I, and that's something that I, I kind of think, I mean, not hmm. by a good deal, I think yes, I disagree with that. No, th- that's fine. I think a lot of people will disagree yeah, with that. I think Harden I think if Harden goes to the, the you know, some weird alternate universe where Harden stayed instead of Westbrook, that team is about the same. I agree. And, I and think I they are better because Westbrook's assists for me don't necessarily this might be too nebulous, but they right. don't necessarily lead to players performing better. Right. His assists are I've done everything I can possibly do and now I cannot score. Or it's or it's best for me to get like everyone has collapsed on me. I can right. give you the ball. Where I think, which is also, I mean, obviously similar to what Harden does, like the drive and the kick. Mm-hmm. But I think Harden's game is more prone to setting up his other players to succeed. Oh yeah, like I, I think the usage well, rate. He has shooters around him. Right. No, that's true. Right. He but I also th- I also think it's possible the usage rate. Westbrook's usage rate is so high, and it's very similar to late years Kobe, where I think he makes his teammates not as good because right. they don't know when they're going to get the ball. They don't know how they're going to be involved in the game. And so my wonder as a basketball fan is, okay, he scored 58 points in a game and they lost. Would, if, he, if he would have scored 30, or if, like, if Westbrook this year was averaging 20 points per game and seven rebounds, seven assists, would they, you know... How much better would they be? Wouldn't, they still, wouldn't they still be 35 and 29, yeah, if, prob- if yeah. not better? Because I think, you know, these guys who aren't as good, but, like, will have a bigger role in the offense, and mm-hmm. it's, you know, I don't know. That's, that's what I think. But I, I, hate, think- I hate to break up Keith's wrong-headed pity party, but I hear a sound from What's over that? the moors. Peter Bouncing Ding. off the waters. Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, oh. Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage. A game Peter of Dinklage. scones Ooh, a surprise popping one. up in a, in a steak and eggs. I love it. So Keith has referenced Westbrook's mighty 58 and a woeful loss. Well, boys, 10 players have, have achieved such a feat. Where we're looking at, well, they haven't Ooh, achieved 58 okay. and a loss. Okay. But Westbrook has joined, uh, I guess this is an elite, like a, a double-edged elite. of uh, uh, he's, he's amongst the t- 10 highest point totals put up uh-huh. that resulted in a loss. Okay. Now, some of these players did, did this more often, but only 10 players have done this. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to let you guys take cracks at trying to name these 10 players. Uh, the first one to um, have three strikes is out. Okay. The, the game is name the 10 players who have scored the most points and lost. Can you give us the lowest cutoff? The lowest cutoff is 56 points. So wow. these players have scored 56 or more points in a loss. Yep. Westbrook ended up around, uh, let's see here. He tied with someone else for the six most points in a loss. All right. Um, who's going for playoffs or regular season? Um, it's, it's either. Okay. Um, Chuck, you want to go first? Man, this is hard, but I'm just going to throw... So we have to just pick a name? 
Yeah, and, okay. and these aren't. Th- yeah. This isn't hard. Right, okay. So, Gilbert Arenas. Okay, you have made this hard. That's a wild guess, but I love it. Uh, that's the first strike. I will go Wilt Chamberlain. Yes, who Our- did it. Ten times. Oh, wow. Yeah. 78, 72, 70, 67, 67, 65, 63, 63, 62, 61. I guess that's going to happen when you average 50 points in a season. Yeah. Right. Um, Allen Iverson. Kill yourself. <laughs> Strike two. <laughs> I was going to go Michael Jordan. Yeah. All right. Three times. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't go with the easy ones. <laughs> I know. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> 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 All right. 61, 63, and 64. That 61 being the only playoff one against the Celtics in his rookie year. All right. <laughs> Ball's on your court, Chuck. Um, Kareem. What is wrong with you? These are all That's like, a fine guess. No, these are all great scorers who's played on you know teams that might have sucked. All right. Chuck loses. Go ahead. I lose. I was going to go Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Yeah. Kobe. <laughs> Will. <laughs> What is wrong? <laughs> 58 versus the Bobcats. I just had a... You had a chance to say LeBron. Yeah. Uh, LeBron's on there? Yeah. LeBron, when did he score? Second year versus the Raps. Before the Heats. Before he was on the Heat, so he probably didn't Whew. exist to you. Let's, I'm trying oh, to think of some of the uh, some of the others. Uh, These are all... Those are all players that scored a bunch of points. Like, none of them scored... You just you had the opportunity to say the three most obvious. And yeah, yeah. I, I, I just anyway. went with the three most obvious without even having to, to dive a little deeper. Game theory even tells you you got to get those guys off the board. Too, I know, Chad. but I, you know, sometimes uh, the others. Well, Keith ended up. We we have half. How about of them. David Thompson? That's Everybody, correct. Really? Yep. Seventy three. That that was a loss that game. Yep. That's, that's when a, he scored. Thir- he s- shot thirteen for fourteen in the first quarter. The uh, oh, record that still stands. That's wild. Similarly, uh, George the Iceman Gervin, 63 versus the Jazz, lost by 21, the largest margin. So that's amazing. Did they? Was the final score uh, like 84 to 63? I don't understand how that happens. <laughs> um, the, um, one of my favorite ones, Bernard King scored 60 on Christmas Day versus the Nets and lost. Um, Boogie, you guys should remember this one, 56 in that double OT game that he fouled out in. Oh, yeah. And uh, here's the strangest one. I'll give you a hint. You guys want to do this? Maybe Chuck, we'll see if Chuck can steal this. Yeah, one. yeah. Suspense. Played for the Bucks. Made a few All Star teams. Ray Allen, Vin Baker. I was gonna go Michael Red. Michael Red, fifty-seven Michael versus the Jazz. Oh, geez. An incredibly dominant performance see, by Keith on this one. I'd much rather get the like difficult one, that one difficult one, than well, Kareem you didn't get Jordan. any, so. so I didn't get a single one. I know what you're saying. Like, like I'd feel, rather like, like do, do I do I feel good about right. saying Michael Jordan and have that answer be right? Right, I do because I crushed you, you Chuck. Beat me. Annihilated, <laughs> handed, <laughs> handed me my ass. Uh, let's get to, to the <laughs> longest and loudest bleep we'll ever have on the show. <laughs> um, my steak and eggs. That was a great game of scones. Thank you. It John. was. Thanks, John. My steak and eggs best thing was the Tyler Eulis, Isaiah Thomas, incredible double double feature. First, the most adorable jump ball you'll see in your whole lives. Mm, it was like it was like cute. church league five six versus five nine or, or whatever they are. So they got you know that was the jump ball. But then the end of the game, the Suns clutching victory from the jaws of defeat with the uh, Eric Bledsoe driving the court, making the layup, the game tying layup with four seconds left, and then the turnover on the inbounds pass because there was no timeouts. Tyler Eulis dribbling it out. 
and launching the game-winning three. I think might have been my favorite, my favorite basketball maybe moments of the uh, the regular season so far. One of the great endings you'll ever see. Yeah, normally we don't get that because there's way too many timeouts, which is a flaw the NBA should should address. End of basketball games. Have gotten better about knowing when to foul and instructing their players when to foul, et cetera, et cetera. It yeah. was a it was a choke job by the the Celtics, who I believe missed two free throws. Two Specifically, of their four, Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, two of their four missed free throws down the stretch, allowing the Suns to stay in it. Smart play by the Suns when down two, just going for the easy tie, driving straight to the bucket. Eric Bledsoe, good job there, not you know forcing up a tough three pointer for the win, and it all worked out. That was a that was an exciting Sunday, first of all. Well, I think we had Glenn Robinson three hitting a game winner for the Pacers. It also broke Isaiah Thomas's mind. I don't know if you read about the aftermath. I, I didn't, but I mean, I, I watched that replay so many times. I watched it when the, the Titanic hoops account added the uh, My Heart Will Go On music to it. <laughs> uh, I mean, just over and over and over watching all the replays. Poor Isaiah Thomas being in the throng of celebrating son's bench and having to <laughs> meekly walk back to his side. Oh, man, I watched that video so many times. So that was, uh, that was definitely my best thing. Uh, what's the opposite? of your steak and eggs, your cream of wheat. What is your cream of wheat? Worst of week. You want to say you want to stay on that thunder tip? Yeah. You want to blame somebody else for the thunder's woes? Who who is it going to be? It's your moon and stars, Keith. Your Maori warrior, your Dothraki king, I, Stephen Adams. I think this is like when that D- Dothraki guy got the blood poisoning. Yes. And he's just wilting away. Good lord. I'm worried Stephen Adams has a has has a bl- uh, his adamantium is leaking inside his body. Stephen Adams <laughs> has not taken the Taj Gibson trade and the uh, Enos Cantor returns very well. Looks, looks and that bad. last game that they should have won after that epic performance, Stephen Adams pouted his way through 25, 26 minutes and took one shot. I think Stephen Adams has scored two points. In three of his last five games? What is going on? In the playoffs last year, it looked like he was going to make such a big leap. Yusuf Supercop Jr. Nurkic owned him. And then even the beginning of this year at times, like there there was a couple of months where he just seemed like, yeah, this guy's great. Great center, great defensive center. He he scores. Perhaps it's time to realize that uh, his offensive boost was as a result of uh, Russell Westbrook's greatness. Mm. Could be. Or maybe Russell Westbrook's increased scoring load as he keeps ramping it up even more and more is having the deleterious effect oh, well, on Adams's game. His other teammates are scoring. They, they, the other parts are scoring for the Thunder. I think Adams just is, I mean, he's not even shooting. I think it's like the FX original show Legion, which I quit watching. No, <laughs> sorry, I said that wrong. Taboo. Oh, oh yeah. Taboo. Like the, like the FX original Taboo, where, uh, where one of the characters was slowly being given arsenic in his ale. And uh, again, not great. Yeah. So I did think, yes, yeah, so, so, uh, it's a good point. I think uh, Adams. They should have had me with Tom Hardy and Top Hat, but they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> overwrought. I will watch an overwrought program, but it was it, it was boring. Although I did find out it's only eight episodes, so I might revisit. Oh, you might have me there, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The British format. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I could, I could do eight episodes of most anything. but uh, That's anyway. just a little tea time right there. <laughs> um, my worst thing is we haven't mentioned the Memphis Grizzlies. We did delve into the heat a lot. Jesus. I'm going to keep talking about the Are Memphis Grizzlies. Are we going to shoot the epilogue this week? Because I'm not ready to talk about it. I'm just going to thank our patron supporters in lieu of The <laughs> Memphis Grizzlies rolled out a lineup against the lowly Brooklyn Nets. And this is, this is my worst thing for several reasons. One of them is it is rare when you hear something and your initial reaction is, that is a horrible idea. What in the world are they doing? And then... You have to sit and watch for two hours the whole time it reaffirming the, in my mind, the obvious, like, 
Fizz's crusade to like show it, lent, throw his support behind Chandler Parsons is killing me. So, to those of you who don't follow the Grizzlies closely, the Memphis Grizzlies adjusted their lineup as they've been hinting, Coach Fizdale had been hinting they were going to do. The obvious answer is to not play Chandler Parsons, who is probably the worst player in the NBA right now. However, no, they doubled down. They put Chandler Parsons starting. They benched Tony Allen and put in Andrew Harrison, Mm. who might be the second worst player in the NBA. (laughs) Really good at fouling. Andrew Harrison and Chandler Parsons are the two worst shooters in the NBA uh, for people who have shot 200 times, which is like a regular amount of times to shoot. Chandler Parsons shooting 34% up to 34%. I don't think... uh, Andrew Harrison, 31.9. I don't think Fizz is going to be attending any Sloan sports conferences. So that is two wings who cannot shoot at all. And then they bench Jermichael Green for Brandon Wright. Friend of the program, Brandon Wright. So the Grizzlies started two centers, two guys who cannot shoot, and then Mike Conley. And, <laughs> and thusly lost to the Nets. And they did this against the Nets, who I think they were thinking we could do whatever we want against this team. I, this is a team earlier in the year. Bruce. I know, you know, it feels funny to say, yes, they had lost 16 of 17. Mm-hmm. But they played hard early in the year. They just gotten Jeremy Lin back. Okay, this is the team that, that tries somewhat to just roll out this horrible lineup. They didn't even play James Ennis in the game. They played Tony Allen. They gave up 68 points in the first and third quarters combined. 68 points. Tony Allen played 50 seconds of those two quarters. <laughs> and I'm not saying I am the world's one of the world's biggest Tony Allen apologists. Well, you are. Well, I've always long held the belief that I know if you are an intelligent Grizzlies fan. I can, I can gauge it. There's a litmus test. Do you think Tony Allen is important to the team's success? Right. If you don't think so, you don't know what you're talking about. No. But, and I do, I've recognized some problems with Tony Allen's play. It has not been all, it has not been great. But. Problematic, problematic as it might be, it doesn't compare to the yeah, two worst shooters. It's, it's way better than Andrew Harrison or Chandler Parsons. Like, Zebo, I think, played 17 minutes. So, Zach Randolph got benched 17 minutes. Or 22. Uh, Tony Allen, 17 minutes. And then James Ennis, none. It's just nightmarish. I can't explain it. So then, now Fizdale has come out and said that he's, he initially said he was going to stick with it for a few games and see what happened, which is just pure madness. Like, <laughs> like you can't you start lose a team to the this Nets. bad. Yeah. In the Nets game, they actually, the, the Grizzlies went seven for seven on three-pointers in the first quarter mm-hmm. and was tied 34-34. And when did right. they score? Like 120-something points? Oh, yeah, they gave, they gave up 100, over 120. It's one of the worst games you'll ever see. There's just something so discouraging when 10 minutes before the game, you say, what? This is a horrible idea. How could this ever work? And then you watch the whole game being like, oh, and they're just not going to address it. They're going to keep doing it, and we're going to lose to a horrible team. Mm. So the Grizzlies I did notice today, uh, on thanks to Basketball Reference, Grizzlies have five shooters shooting under 38%, <sighs> which is... Uh, the next closest team only has two, and that's not even counting Wade Baldwin, who doesn't have enough shot attempts to qualify. <laughs> that's like thir- that's like University of Memphis numbers. Yeah, yeah, thirty percent <laughs> of the Grizzlies roster is shooting under thirty eight percent. So again, I've been crying. Uh, the sky is falling all year, and I've been wrong. You're not wrong anymore. This last week was dark, and then the whole yeah, as John said, them forcing these Chandler Parsons minutes. They keep talking about like we have to play him because he's our best chance to succeed. Any hope for any postseason stuff. Depends on Chandler Parsons getting better. That is such a farce of an argument. Like this isn't quite a turkey baking conspiracy, but I think that 
Fizz does indeed admire Chandler Parsons' game, but I think he means like having sex with women game. <laughs> he did. He, Not ha- playing basketball game. Fizz, Fizz don't give some good quotes. I thought this quote was kind of, I don't know, icky? Brotastic. It was very brotastic, where Fizzdale said, if I was single and looked like Parsons, I'd date a lot of girls too. It's like, meh. Really, coach? <laughs> like, you know. Mar-E-A-N. I know one, this is probably going to get bleeped, but uh, Fizzdale's wife is so hot, so I don't know what he's talking about. Well, I mean, Fizdale is always so seems so well spoken, so well put yeah. together, so active on social causes. I just mm-hmm. hate hearing the yeah. If I was a good looking dude, I'd bounce around a bunch of ladies. Yeah, like, that's like that's not a that's not behavior we celebrate. No, typically. Also, I mean, Max. I don't want to. I just want to know if I if do. he was the worst player on the team, would he bench himself? Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my thing is, why doesn't the Grizzlies' success tied to like what if we get James Ennis? Like you could say. Our our best hope for the postseason is getting James Ennis to an All Star level, which is a which is a, I guess a factual statement. Right, it has as much truth as saying let's get Chandler Parsons to a right All Star level. James Ennis is way closer to potentially being an All Star player. Would you rather have a potential three and D wing out there or a uh, vacuous white hole? I mean, <laughs> I think they've 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 got some sort of bias in what they've you know they've bought this cow. You know, and it seems as if they're trying to Milky talk to White them. ain't giving milk, Chuck. Yeah, they, it seems like they're trying That's to. That's a Sondheim t- reference. <laughs> really? I don't know. Jeez. <laughs> Our podcast is awesome. Uh, the, yeah, the Demon Barber? So, <laughs> so we, we got a guy who, you know, they, the front office spent more money on this guy than probably any free agent. What was the other, another big free I mean, he was, Grizzly he, he, He's the biggest failure e- ever. He's, 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 yeah. the, he's a max contract. I'm he's taking the Sondheim thing to its logical extent. He's now the demon barber for me forever. Yeah. So that, that, was, that was the Grizzlies epilogue. Uh, yeah, we're done with that. I guess we won't talk about the Grizzlies anymore, other than they, they got a, a toughish schedule. It, it is a homestand, but. It's a really tough schedule. What a nightmare. I mean, I mean, like, why would you keep playing these lineups that have no chance of succeeding? Right. And it seems like. Zebo, free agent into the year. Tony Allen, free agent into the year. This smelled like, oh, our, our season is over. Not we're building towards the playoffs. Yeah. This was like, our season is over. Let's play the guys who are under contract for next year, no matter what it looks like. Mm. So I hated it. So my worst is uh, Bob Myers, who's the GM of the Warriors, was quoted in saying, we've got two guys with shoe deals bigger than what we pay. They play for us as a hobby, which... Is so uh, insulting light to year, labor. Light years, bro. <laughs> What's that? I said light years. Light years. Hashtag light years. So the, to me, it's 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 sick that we've kind of we look at a team like that uh, and we go, man, it's great that those superstars in their prime are making less money than they should for the team because ain't nobody on the planet paying less or paying more taxes than they should. None of these billionaire. Uh, owners of multi-companies that own these basketball teams. Watch out for them multi-companies. Those multinational companies. <laughs> to have them want to, you know, kind of flaunt the fact that they're not paying people market value. To You know, it's like Hardy saying, hey, we pay our people eight fifty an hour. I am. You know, that's, it's kind of like going like the leader of the free world's like, I'm too smart to pay taxes. Exactly. It's just, it's, it's a, it's I a was perversion. Gonna say, Chuck, I'm pretty much a socialist. Right. You took that quote a way different way than I would, I would have interpreted that, <laughs> that quote. 
I just didn't like the quote. I think he was just saying, he was making a joke that these guys make tons more money even off the court than they're paying them. Right. And I'm not saying that that's not the case. LeBron makes... I don't think, I don't think he was his making shoe deals some kind of... are incredible. No, but it's like... Statement on the value of the worker. But that's, that's like, you know, that to me is something that we will take and laugh at. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. They do make more money. So why are they making so much money with shoe deals? Because they're really good on the court. And why aren't they being paid properly on the court? Well, it's because we have a weird uh, CBA that, you know, punishes teams for having good players. Yeah. I, I just think that, the, you know, it's... I hate the 1%. That's, that's yeah. That's what that's what it boils down. That's to. basically me. <laughs> it's, that, just, uh, I, it's not really well thought out, but it's I'm just more, me being mad I'm at rich people. I'm more angry at healthcare executives. That's that's more my thing. Which I'm sure. And I am so incredibly uninformed. <laughs> Chuck's I potato just have, blight I, I, upbringing I a, just came roaring yeah. to yeah. the forefront. You know, I'm, I used to. I have unintelligible rage. That's, that's just, all that was. I don't know. It was just right. me, I read that and was just like, that makes me angry because that. And it's the GM. It's not even the owner. Like if the owner would have said it. But, well. That was our, yeah. Those were long steak of eggs we got and into cream it. of weeds. We got into some things. Put we, we're, skipping, we're skipping the hash browns course. We, <laughs> even, we, even, we even discussed some things. I will say, uh, I guess as we quickly, a couple bullet points, because I do feel bad. We didn't mention the Wizards last week. I will say big winner, one of the big winners so far of the trade deadline. Oh, yeah. Bogey Bogdanovich is incredible. He's killing it. And uh, th- this isn't a trade move, but Jan Mahinmi coming back from injury. Supplanting Marching Gortat and looking good. Jan Mahimini, Seven steals the other night. Uh, do you know? Game. Here's an easy game of scones for you and John. No, it won't be easy. <laughs> Gilbert Arenas. Jan Mahinmi, this is from Zach Rosen on Twitter. Jan Mahinmi, one of three centers to record seven or more steals in an NBA game. Hakeem Olajuwon. Yes, and? Nerlens Noel. <laughs> um, David Robinson. Yes, sir, Chuck. Booyakasha. Chuck is back. So, so Nerland's coming, y'all. Nerland's Highest coming. steal rate for any center. Nerland's playing very well for the Mavs, by so, the way. So, so, and, and one of those, from our par fadeaway from last week, we were talking about those, those East races are heating up. I mean, the, those eight seed races are heating up. The Eastern Conference, all the teams outside looking in. The Bucks finally woke up. The thanks to our boy future Grizzly Malcolm Brogdon too. Malcolm Brogdon playing well. The Hornets have finally come out of their tailspin. The Heat are bearing down on them, and correspondingly, the bottom of the East has started losing. The Pacers are losing. The Hawks are losing. The Pistons are losing. The Bulls are losing. So things are tightening. It's getting mm. exciting. And then same in the Western Conference, where again, thanks to Nerlens Noel, the Mavericks are playing well. The Blazers, led by the use of Nurkic acquisition, are uh. finally approaching, you know, what the, they're playing 500 ball over the last, like, maybe 18, 19 games or something. If only the Jazz could have found a way to make those two beautiful passing big men work together. Hmm. You mean, oh, the Nuggets. Mm. Yeah, oh, sorry, oh, the yeah, Nuggets. Nuggets. Through, yeah, God, yeah. it'd have been beautiful. Yeah. Play them at guards. That's their best point guard, yeah. is Yusuf Nurkic and Nikola Jokic. Let's move to the awards segment of the program. The International Stack House of Pancakes. This is given to the worst performance in a box score based heavily. How on, was it this week? Shooting I, performance. I didn't notice as many as I usually this, do. Uh, it was a six-day week because we came out on Friday last week. We're coming out on Thursday this week. So only six nights to choose from. You will not be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> we have three nominees. Sweet Lou Williams, who automatically is sixth man of the year because he got traded to the Rockets. Yeah. How does that work again? I, I, I. Like he I, was not a candidate when he was on the Lakers. 
He gets he plays five games on the Rockets and he's now the leading candidate for sixth man of the year mm. because you, I guess you transfer his stats from the bad team. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense, people. Yeah, he's going to be coming off. This the is bench. this is this is NBA groupthink. I've heard every writer say that Lou Williams is leading sixth man of the year candidate over Eric Gordon. Guys, wake up. Yeah, I'm confused. Anyway, Lou Williams one for ten. Rockets teammate Ryan Anderson honorable mention one for ten, and Nick Batum who is has a pretty good streak of honorable mentions going. Three for 15. We have three nominees this week. Worse than that, huh? Chronologically, as they occurred during the week. Number one, Clay Thompson in a loss against the Bulls. Five for 22, 13 points. One rebound, one assist, two turnovers. That's not good at all. Awful. Dion Waiters in the Heat's only embarrassing loss of the last 23 games, losing at the Magic largely because he was one for 11 Three points, two rebounds, one assist, one turnover. Back to the Heat, Chuck. Does it concern you that the Heat seem to go the way of Deion Waiters? Is that a good or bad sign? It's the best sign ever. He is the harbinger of success or failure. (laughs) Also, our third nominee, Andrew Wiggins. Ender himself, a loss at the Spurs. Six for 24. Bryant-esque. That is Kobe. 17 points, four rebounds, two assists, three turnovers, five fouls. So we have... Clay Thompson, 5 for 22, 13 points, nothing. Deion Waiters, 1 for 11, 3 points, nothing. Andrew Wiggins, 6 for 24, 14 points, 4 rebounds, eh, 3 turnovers. I'm, I'm Clay, a, Clay, Clay took my baby away. I do. I'm a fan of high-volume crappery. I think 1 for 11 is a little light on my... Um, Little light on the attempts for on you. My attempts. Might I be, mean, because it's might be because he plays for the Heat. Well, no, I've, I traditionally will go for four twenty, four for twenty or higher. And Clay's got five for twenty. Well, and I mean, really, for Dion Waiters, that's him recognizing that he wasn't having a good day and slowing down. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, we also, yeah, that is like him using extreme caution. I think it's Clay Thompson in a walk. Yeah, he he uh, he wasn't single. You know, I would say all these guys this week really did not do anything else to help their cases. No. It was only shots and points. Yeah. The Wolves were in that game, though, against the Spurs. I mean... They pissed it away. Warriors were in the game against the Bulls. I think... Yeah, but the Warriors are supposed to be in that do, game against do we, the do Bulls. We right. ha- do we have an official vote? Does someone have an official vote? I'm going Clay. They lost uh, to the Bulls. I uh, say the same so thing. So, Clay. Okay. Yeah. I'll... Uh, I don't know if you... It doesn't feel unanimous. I mean, Wiggins is right there. I might throw mine to Wiggins. But, but that's so, a 14 point. So, congratulations, Clay Thompson. You are this week's... Stackhouse of Pancakes Award winner. I will say Andrew Wiggins in his six for 24, 17 points. He has a negative game score on basketball reference. Ew. It is only the fourth negative game score <laughs> for any player who took at least 24 points. 24 shots. 24, 24 shots. Wow. Chuck, your game of scones. Oh, God, I'm not doing this. No, again. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not doing it again. Gilbert Arenas. The other three are Richard. Who is some of the other guys? Kareem. Richard Jefferson. On the Bucks in 2009. Whoa. Jalen Rose on the Bulls in 2003. Was that when uh, Kobe scored 80 on him? No, that was he was on the Raptors then. And then Ron Harper on the Clippers in 91. So Andrew Wiggins. You could have given us 4,000 guesses. I want to defend my earlier Game of Scones performance. Please don't. Traditionally, Keith makes the most absurd lists you put you were just trying to hit those triple 20s and I was just throwing it for the big spot he was just trying to hit the yeah (laughs) I was trying to hit the bullseye and I missed um all right so I was trying to set you guys up for like just nailing them nailing them nailing them nailing them Chuck comes out with agent zero 
I think if I'd given him one more, he would have said, ja- said Javaris Crittenden. I think in my head, it was just like they have to be bad players because nobody scores 50-something points and loses, but apparently every great no, every, player every, ever everyone How does. many times did Gilbert Arena score 50-something points? I'm sure. A he, few. A few. He, was he had there. 60 once, yeah. I think. Yeah, he absolutely did, but I Yo. think all of these guys, with the exception of Michael Red, are guys who did it you know, pretty regularly. and. As regular as one we does. We still talk yeah. about Game of Scones. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, sorry. All right. All right. All right. Par, par fade away. No, no Grizz epilogue. If you want the Grizz epilogue. Uh, God, no. Dial it back 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> par fade away this week. I will say uh, mild announcement for anyone in, the, anyone in the Nashville area who is a Grizzlies fan. This is a time-sensitive thing. We are taking a bus to the Grizzlies game on March 18th, and there is still time, I think, until Thursday to buy a ticket, a seat on that bus. So uh, just go to facebook.com slash, I think, Grizzlies Nashville. Anyway, search Grizzlies Nashville or go to at Grizz Nashville on Twitter and see, see some of those details. There you get a T-shirt and a ticket to the game along with your bus ticket. So anyone in Nashville who wants to ride to the game on Saturday, March 18th. Also, our next watch party will be before that on the 15th, March 15th at Double Dogs. Sylvan Heights for the Bulls game at seven. You guys got a par fade away? Yeah. I, I kind of want to watch uh, the Grizz get back on track because their favorite team, the Clippers, are coming to town. It's going to be a street fight. It's going to be a street fight. It's going to be a brawl. Give Zebo the start for that it's one. It's going to happen. Hey, on... if they're going to bitch Tony and Zach. What's the point of even playing the Clippers? They're, they're doing it uh, on March 9th, which is Biggie's birthday. So I'll be smoking uh, hella dank <laughs> and watching basketball. I'm going to use my uh, parfait away to thank some of our patron supporters. Now Ooh. we're talking. This is our, uh, our from, the, from the tier producers produce. Uh, let's give a huge shout out to Ian Carmel. Yes. Ian. Ryan Darling. Yes. Paul Grawmans. Yes. The one, the only, Damon Rangula. That's Overrated. My, that's my dude. <laughs> Chris Howell and Joshua Herberson. Thanks, guys. You make the show happen. We couldn't do it without you. Yeah, we love you guys. We appreciate you guys. If any of you guys want to support our show like these fine gentlemen have, go to patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. And the great thing, too, about the Patreon is that those guys really know basketball, and they kind of keep us on our toes and give Give us us things things to to talk about. about. So, yeah, they're they're literally producers because they keep our heads in the game, and they're really great. So shout out to all those. It's a great group of guys and gal. And gal. Yeah, so, which with a new addition of a female, I've started editing my nightly debauchery. That isn't what she signed up for. I, well, no. that's cool. Well, Jen, I edit nothing. <laughs> I yep. edit nothing. I've made my. I've perhaps said more foolish things. <laughs> but again, we're always looking for more people to join our Patreon group. So p a t r e o n dot com slash fast break breakfast. All right, you can follow us on Twitter at fast break break. Like us on Facebook. You guys are the best. Thanks for listening, and remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, never apologize for being TNG. Man, break, break, man. You understand? Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.